Welcome to the Busy Being Born podcast with your hosts Kamande and Kigondu. Welcome to the Busy Being Born podcast. This is episode number episode number 3. Number three. Yeah, we're three episodes in. Okay, that's what's up. Let's keep yeah. going. Today yeah. we have a brilliant guest. We'll have a good time. This episode of the Busy Being Podcast is sponsored by Funky Science. Funky Science is an education technology company striving to ensure that kinesthetic learning is incorporated into cognitive learning at a young age through creative experimentation. Amazing stuff. And um, Funky Science delivers creative science experiments via online classes, camps, clubs, and events with the aim of encouraging students to love and practice science. The direct beneficiaries of Funky Science are school-going children ages 5 and 13. So if your kid is you have a kid who's between 5 and 13, especially in this time of corona um, and you know homeschooling, you'd really benefit from um, Funky Science. And now introducing the Funky Science kit. This is a um, latest product, actually their first product which is not service driven. Um, it's a kit that has incorporated the learning aspects into um, the novel kits, and what happens is these kits help uh, these kits help um, children discover new lessons and amazing adventures. Each kit has experiment flashcards to guide the child with step-by-step instructions on how to conduct e- each experiment. Um, they have content that is fun, relevant, uh, relevant, and aligns content with the educational curricula. And this develops an innovative spirit in learners by using regular everyday tools that can be found in your household. Um, Funky Science is working towards inspiring the next generation of scientists. Um, you can reach at them um, via email, ask at funkyscience.co.ke. Um, you can also um, call them, SMS them, um, 0728-440-834. That's 0728-440-834. Um, you can find them on social media. That's at Funky Science, F-U-N-K-E-S. F-U-N-K-E, that's very important, F-U-N-K-E-S-C-I-E-N-C-E on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, especially their YouTube, they have amazing content that comes out every Saturday. You can watch with your kids and try out the experiments as you get ready to uh, buy your kids the funky science kit. Um, thank you very much, and we're looking forward to hearing, um, to funky science getting some feedback from you. That's what's up. That's our first uh, sponsor. Yeah? Absolutely. Let's keep going. Let's yeah, keep going. Yeah. So everyone else. <laughs> Watch our kuja. So yeah, today we are in a new space. We love it. Uh, Asante sana. Tutamuita, uh, sound engineer. Yeah. <laughs> Big up yourself, Abu. Uh, we love the space. We love the breakfast the breakfast yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah the breakfast so we, mm. we are very full and then we're going to we're good to go yeah we're good to go we have a lot of questions that have been um, kind of ignited by that breakfast yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so nice this only means that uh, if you're asking questions well we always ask questions even we are, when we are just the two of us but today we have a guest we have a guest we have a guest we have a guest wait are they brilliant but of course do they Uh, represent the motherland but of course ah wait 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 are they are they busy being born but of course who is this guest wait please
please do tell us do tell me tell me at least of course i see them but <laughs> who is this guest <laughs> ladies and gentlemen we have the chief technology officer at eneza education um his name is haman doita haman doita or doita washira yeah. which one do you prefer Dwita Washira is a software engineer living and working in Nairobi. He loves cooking that we'll get into, um, cycling and reading books. Uh, but he's a very multifaceted young man um, and we're happy to have you here. Welcome, Dwita. Thank you very much. I feel um, very much welcome. Yeah, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm good. How have you been? Niko sawa tu. How's, obviously, I think the first question is is very cliche, but I think it's very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With um, this season, yeah? This is mm-hmm. how's the last eight months been for you? Wow. I, I first of all I don't even believe it's been eight months. Mm-hmm. I mean in the industry I mean it's been so busy. Mm-hmm. It's flown, right? I've, I've never been this busy in my life. So it's just been, you know, waking up, getting things done, sleeping, waking up, getting things done, sleeping. So like, at some point I'm pretty sure I lost track of time. So are you with with um your space of work which we'll get into are you going to the office waking up driving to the office Ama, are you working from I home? haven't been to the office since March and um, I don't think I actually don't uh, I hope my boss is not listening to this but I, <laughs> I like I don't miss the office at all okay mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. I'm quite happy working from home yeah till I die Okay. But working from home, um, how's that been for the team culture? For the team culture. Yeah. So that's something we're very like we're very uh, aware about. We we always try to to ensure that the team is still cohesive even mm-hmm. though we are not in the office. And you know, so the thing about remote work is that a lot of people start out uh, you know, you think you have to be very intentional about how you do remote work. Right when you start as a company that is domiciled in an office full time, and you have people coming in, there's a certain sense of you know community that develops yeah. in that office, right? And to think that you can split, like if you honestly believe that you can just take a group of people who used to work together within the same area and now make them work remotely, and hope they'll be as efficient as they were before, it's it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So what you need to do is that. You, you need to create guidelines around how people should communicate you know how people should even interact actually we have a very every wednesday is at uh, the place i work we have a team building via zoom mm-hmm. every wednesday okay and it's simple you know we just play you know kahoot so somebody you log into the site yeah. you create a bunch of questions right and then it it's turned into sort of like a a game night or something yep, I do yeah. yeah yeah on zoom you don't need to be in the same place okay yeah. and yeah. what what time of the day is this are you doing it uh, 12, wednesday from 12 to 1 oh okay yeah, every wednesday every wednesday it's team building it doesn't have to be kahoot it could be people telling stories like mm-hmm. what happened this week um how long does it run transfer now okay yeah mm-hmm. um we thought it was good because it it still creates that sense of community yeah. within within the within yeah. the company a lot of things have actually come up um, especially as um, organizations in technology transition um into maybe hybrid or fully working from home the company i work for ajua mm-hmm. is also um i've not been in the office for the last seven months, eight mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. um but we found ways of 
um, structuring the teams to ensure that uh, we still maintain that sense of community. Mm. Uh, another thing that even our CEO noted, mm-hmm. him not being from Africa, is that um, Africa thrives a lot on community. Yeah. And we like the social and physical component a lot. It mm. keeps us going. Mm. Um, so how do you ensure that, one, you have a technology company that is running efficiently through um, working from home or remote work, but at mm-hmm. the same time, uh, you continue continue to have that sense of community within the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do the same thing. So every two weeks we have um, a Friday meeting where it's one and a half hours and we nominate someone who comes in a bit with a different game every single um, every single two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fun. Yeah, it's um, fun. And then at, as individual teams, so for instance, for the data science team or for the um, engineering team, they'll have their own thing every week. Yeah. Uh, but then we've realized that it's been far too long. Mm-hmm. So we ended up saying, okay, for the technology team, mm-hmm. um, we're going to have something offsite. So we mm-hmm. all got tested for Corona this past, maybe one and a half weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We all got tested and then we went somewhere for a weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you realize how much you'd missed seeing people. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything has been, yeah, everything has been going on well mm-hmm. um, with the pressure and all of you. But then you realize it's been very <laughs> transactional. Yeah. Those relationships have been very, very transactional. Eh? Um, because you're on a Zoom call with people every day, you're making phone calls, you're messaging each other, um, either synchronously, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a lot that you miss about, you know, walking to Haman's um, Zeta's desk and, you know, running an idea gossiping. by them. Mm. Go- <laughs> gossiping. I mean, <laughs> I mean, society has developed through gossiping. We are where yeah. we are because of gossiping. Yeah. Exactly. Gossip is a very important part of, um, you know. Gossip e- is e- the evolution. beginnings of language. language. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Is that an actual saying or did you no, just come up? No, that was brilliant if you just came up. No, I okay. did not. I'm not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But no, this these are facts. Mm-hmm. Anyway, speaking of working from home, mm-hmm. let's uh, let's go there. Let's go to your house. Tell us about the big or small community that uh, lives around you as you're working. So uh, how is that? Who's around you? Uh, family? Anyone? It's family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my, my wife is in sales, right? Mm-hmm. So she will work from home like two days a week. But some days she'll literally, you know, you have to chase that check. You literally have to go to the factory, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, shake down the accountant. You know, yeah. Where's my money? You know, <laughs> yeah, but that's so my wife works from home when she can, but her job unfortunately demands it's like it demands you have to meet people every day. Then we have a 13 year old daughter who's always on Zoom, who's yeah. always on Zoom, right? <laughs> because of work, I mean, school. So she's always on Zoom between 8.30 and 12. Then after that, she's on the TV or playing or on a keyboard. Well, she's also very handsy. She likes doing crafts. So you'll find her making things out of, you know, paper lying around in the house, wrappers, mm-hmm. gift wrappers and so on. And then we have the the star of the show who is our 13-month-old girl. <laughs> well. Congrats on that. Yeah, yeah, and then we have our household. Okay. Who, who manages everything. So typically I'll wake up at mo- in the morning. Uh, I try to feed my daughter. I don't do it every day, but when I can, I do it. Feed my daughter then from 8.30 now I'm busy just working. There's a strategic mistake I made. Yeah? When I set up my home office, I set it up in the master bedroom. It's brought a lot of friction because it means I'm always working from the bedroom. As you can imagine, there's a lot of you know wires running around um paper notes i've turned my bedroom into a working space and that's really not nice so i'm actually trying to move and this is stupid because i actually have an sq 
outside of the house that I can actually convert into an office. I've just never found the the time or the energy to do it. I have an idea. I really want it to be good. Like I want to convert it into a proper office. And then maybe even Natalie, our 13 year old can also be doing like her school work from there as well. Yeah. Yeah. But but uh, the most important thing is that you know you acknowledge it. Mm. <laughs> I acknowledge it. Yeah. 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 So I actually I, I'm I'm on leave by there as you speak. So <laughs> one of the projects I'm going to do is I'm going to convert finally <sighs> Wairimo, if you're listening to this, finally I'm going to convert. She will listen to it. Um, I actually think that, um, let's let's take a step back. Uh-huh. What do you do? I'm a software engineer, right? Okay. I'm a software engineer. By Where? Um. Uh, but by trade and by profession and by training, I'm a software engineer, but right now I serve as a CTO of NS Education. So the job is, so being the CTO of a small company, I'd imagine, like I've never been the CTO of a big company, but I'd, you're much more involved in things you typically wouldn't be, wouldn't be involved in, in a really large company, right? Because you're a small team, I think we, we are like 14 people in total across Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire and Kenya. So that just the engineering team? team? Yeah, the just the engineering team, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Alongside the strategic work that I do for the organization, I'm also very, very much involved in the day-to-day, like literally the coding, the deployment, figuring out how to build stuff, architect stuff, and, you know, digging into errors and so on and so forth. So it's a really, it's a hands-on job. So it really stretches me, you know. I'll be preparing reports for the board. At the same time, I'll be trying to figure out why, why this code doesn't work. So it's really, it's, it's a really... I think being the city of a startup is completely different. Yeah. I'd imagine, I, I really want to imagine it's not the same like in a company like Google. There is no way. Yeah. Does Google even have a city? Um, I'm we not could Google sure. that. Could <laughs> 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 okay. There is no way the city of Google writes code. There is, I don't think no, he has no, that. No, no, I think no, at no. that level, it's all strategic. Yeah, yeah. It's completely strategic. And, and then you have people, smart people working under you yeah. that you know, run these departments for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it's a very you, flat structure. Yeah. So you'd imagine I have a lot of follow-up questions to that. Mm. Um, so so one is, how did you get here? How, how did you end up being the CTO at, at a relatively young age, despite this being a startup? I mean, um, startup is what, startups are what drive the economy. So mm-hmm. even if companies are small and you're going through all these challenges, mm-hmm. they are a very important part of the ecosystem. Yeah. Right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and so, and, and especially what you guys are doing at Teneza, mm-hmm. um, which you can speak about. Uh, but I guess tying two questions into one, so what do you guys do at Teneza and how did you get here? Because it, it, so, it's really admirable. So I'm actually, story. so I'm going to start with what we do at Teneza, right? We are an ed tech company focused on providing education material education and revision material to the we call the to the bottom of the pyramid this is people who don't have access to a mobile phone no who don't have access to the internet see a lot of edtech solutions presume the fact that you have access to the internet yeah. right my daughter natalie right now is using some of these solutions and they like you have to have full time internet access she has to log into a zoom call with the uh, with the teachers every day then she has to go online on some other platform and actually like take an exam and so on and so forth. So what the founders of Veneza Education thought is that there's some there's there's a market, there's a very large market that is underserved. And the one thing the one thing that is ubiquitous in Kenya is a mobile. Everybody has a mobile phone. A feature phone. A feature phone, right? And so what we try to do 
and it's really hard work. We try to build a good learning experience via SMS and USSD on your phone, right? Yeah, and that's basically it. That's mm. what we do. Right? Yeah. So you can What's the size of this market? So if if you talk about the, I don't like call the, calling them bottom of the pyramid. Also, um, I'm also I also really don't like. I don't know yeah. that you saw me cringe. Yeah, yeah I saw but you. But I think that's the I think that's the word that's used. So it's yeah. business speak. But I think we, we should but change it. Um, we, can, we can call them the striving population. Striving hust- population, not hustlers, obviously. <laughs> hustlers, yeah, yeah. You're being political. Like. No, I'm not being political. Um, striving. Pop- someone gave me this word. Mm-hmm. Um, the striving pol- population. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like um, Mato bottom. Yeah. Like the, the bottom of the pyramid um, has a certain connotation to it that is quite different. very elitist let's be uh, very elitist yeah. very elitist even, yeah. the, even the, the whole notion of there being a pyramid I, I <laughs> dare say. Top and, and you're at the bottom of the pyramid yeah, someone it, told you at the bottom of the pyramid I, First I, of all, I it's, it's say. like mm. i'm sorry to use this it's like the bottom of the pyramid is the, the pyramid you know how a pyramid yeah is. so mkowengi apochini yeah. there's a lot of you <laughs> it's like the people at the top are literally sitting on you yeah which when you think about it critically that's exactly how society is structured right mm. now yeah but right now we, we can use more sensitive language what if it feels what if it feels and i know this is on a tangent but we'll get back to where we were but what it feel what if it feels uncomfortable because it is very un-african you know with africa the sense of community mm-hmm. as it has always been uh, it feels more of a circle yeah mm. we are all on the same level Yeah this is even when kings were here even when we had homesteads and men had all these wives vigiras and, and all, all these things mm-hmm. it was always community there was never a sense of poverty yeah and this comes to my mind directly because i just had this conversation yesterday where we are moving farther and farther away from uh, the the triangle or mm-hmm. the pyramid because it feels uncomfortable for us because for us it's always been a sense of community mm-hmm. so deep down the african in you knows this is not how we are supposed to live you don't know about it uh, as directly because that is not the society in which you are born in but deep down you're from those people who believed we live as a community no wonder when we describe people as people at the bottom of the pyramid as much as you haven't been told this is moral ama this is immoral deep down you feel very uncomfortable with yeah, that notion but someone yeah. from the other side of the world mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense for them and they mm-hmm. feel nothing about it so what if it is that but anyway maybe it's what you call a genetic archetype so mm-hmm. from an evolution Ooh. point of view it's embedded <laughs> in you and yeah. so um Yes, you go into these boardrooms and you know you become a CTO of a fancy organization and you start speaking Silicon Valley language and tech Bottom language. The pyramid. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know you, you get into that jargon, but then deep down you can feel it. And and yeah. maybe that that's true, you're right. Yeah, and, and well on even the word uh, the third world. That, yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> well, third world where yeah. there's one world first of all, right? The, at least the one that we know, there's one world, right? So the, what do you mean the third world? It's yeah. uh, this language eh? let's be honest it's created by white people it's very it's 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 designed to be exclusionary yeah right it's not it wasn't at by accident somebody was just looking paging through words how do i describe these poor people it's designed to be exclusionary mm. yeah. and this language is used everywhere right poor through their eyes mm. through their eyes yeah. but anyway uh, speaking uh, of but this it's also like we also have to admit we are actually quite poor Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I know mean, it's capitalism, but but, anyway. but it also depends on how you define poverty. But that's we, we we've opened so many tabs, so many <laughs> things. Okay, let me jump back to where we were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
the 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 majority that you serve yeah mm-hmm. so i i yes I, the majority yeah this is yeah, so really like, a big like, number yeah. yeah it's a big number so how do your numbers look and have the numbers changed uh, before well <coughs> as they were before corona so i read somewhere you were serving at least half a million kids uh, that was before within, corona um, within a month this is before corona this so before how are the corona. numbers looking right now right now we are serving close to i mean so right now we have so our, our product is a subscription product right? okay and as at yesterday night because uh, those are the things that worry me you know? yes Uh, we had uh, we had a good 1.8 million subscribers Whoa. on the platform. Yeah. So, so no ad tech platform. I'm not bragging, but yeah. none has that kind of reach, reach. in yeah. Africa. In, in Africa, yeah. 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 And yeah. Uh, so India is doing big with this and China as well. India doing really well. Yeah. Um this guy, this this ad tech startup which I think is now a, a unicorn, I think. Okay. I think it must be worth a billion dollars. It's called Baiju's yeah. or something. You know it. Yep. It's really big. It's really big. But I also think like access to internet in India is also much better than it is to, ah, in Kenya. So that is what I was leading to. Why mm. why are they more successful? Uh, why are their numbers as big compared First to First of all, us? India yeah. is big. Because <laughs> of the population <laughs> as well. This guy is amazing. China as well. China is also big, a big population. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if you're doing anything in India, you yeah. have to have scale. Yeah. Like it has to be the first <laughs> thing you think about because the market is so huge. Okay. And I, I in 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 some cases I end with them, right? Yeah. Because when you when you're trying to launch products and you know and trying to solve a problem society, you have such a huge market to experiment with, mm. right? Mm. You it's a really I think it's a dreams. It it's a it's a startup founder like if you think about think about the 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 founder the the serial founder i think india is a dream market you okay. absolutely so especially for a certain level of um social economic class yeah yeah and and you know there is also another there's also a reason sitting close to this why the startups are also very successful in the us mm. because there's a very huge middle class market exactly exactly right mm. um, so that's why if you have a product that you could easily you could easily target um, you know 50 million um people last people yeah and, and then they pay okay you know. so speaking of numbers um we know in africa nigeria is big like with their numbers so is it any different there uh, 200 million i think it's 200 million yeah like so ed tech there comp- uh, compared to what we're doing here i know well i read i know if i don't know if it's a fact i mm-hmm. know the number of ed techs are the most here in kenya as mm-hmm. opposed to any other place in africa yep, so yep. followed by south africa and nigeria mm. so is nigeria looking at their numbers um well we might have many more but are they as close to being as successful as say your company and if not then what's working uh, against them So I honestly, right? Um, yeah. This is a conversation we have we've had like this boardroom secrets we've had at a strategic level. Mm, we 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 haven't really broached the idea of penetrating to the Nigerian market as a okay. company. But I mean the market is there. That is something I'm certain about just from the 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 statistics that are published every day. The market is there. The need will be there. All we need to do is just figure out how to penetrate that market but nigeria as well um has right now is running like there's there's a very there's a very um what's the word nice company that was started out with i think this launched this year it's called you lesson mm-hmm. and it's by us like a very well known uh startup founder in the like in the african tech ecosystem it's called, yeah it's mm-hmm. called i think sim shim shagaya 
and it's really good yeah it's an app uh, you have access to a lot of material and right now they I think they've focused mostly on Ghana and Nigeria on on the app it's called the ULS on you actually get like a kit and there's a lot of learning material and then it's sort of supplemented with an app that you can you know mm. go through okay and, yeah. okay um in uh, in our last episode uh, commandant mentioned something about his mom yeah mm-hmm. so i might as well plug in my mom on this mm-hmm. one please mm-hmm. yeah so both our parents uh, are teachers mm-hmm. uh, your mom is a teacher of english retired teacher retired mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so is mine well yeah i i t- I mama you retired okay <laughs> if you're listening just hala confirm um so the reason i mentioned her is she she started a school yeah mm-hmm. so she she quit kawaida work uh, three years ago started a school then they've been striving to make it successful mm-hmm. then as soon as rona hit mm-hmm. uh, co- well the covid season hit mm-hmm. she decided to give it a month or two <coughs> then if they're not be re- re- being reopened mm-hmm. then she might as well shut that venture down mm-hmm. and she did and she even left nairobi so i hollered at her uh, so what are you up to right now what are you doing and she was like um so some uh, smart guy approached us and he has this idea of us doing virtual lessons mm-hmm. on whatsapp mm-hmm. and I, uh, i was like tell me more about it she, she was like okay when tembea we talk about it you'll see what we are doing mm-hmm. so going out there i found that the ganad not that many numbers a couple of hundreds i guess mm-hmm. at a small fee uh then they were doing v- not via zoom via whatsapp mm-hmm. so uh via whatsapp they get the kids on board then they send them a virtual exam and mm-hmm. it's auto correct then they mm-hmm. discuss the questions so two questions attached to this mm-hmm. number one, is this in a way edtech and it is it is definitely very direct is, is yeah? Tech, yeah and number two, do you feel maybe okay maybe that's not the best way to phrase it but do you feel edtech is here to replace the physical teacher do you feel in a couple of years we'll forget about classrooms, classrooms. and teachers no the, and as i think is a really hard question <laughs> it's a very very hard question but i think um <clears throat> first of all i think edtech is edtech first of all is quite a broad term right so many things you could call edtech right but it's basically technology that supports or advances education okay. in any way um but me i see i've always seen it as really maybe maybe it's because i'm a traditional man but i've always seen it as playing uh a supporting role to complementary yeah complementary role to the existing structures that are there okay or because of the lack of the structure in the first place like in Kenya you know the people who don't have money to buy books and so on so edtech now comes in to plug that gap okay right? i don't think i don't foresee a situation where we'll ever replace the traditional classroom as it is and during this period i've had access to like i've been speaking okay uh, we are part of the Mastercard Foundation program and they gave us some funding to work on like a project so they're giving them to already established tech companies and we've had access to really really top researchers in education technology and one thing that is like clear or the same is like a lot these these a lot you can talk about designing tech products targeted at education right there's a lot of stuff to learn there but at the same time It, it's quite interesting that one of the most effective way to teach somebody is actually 
have that human interaction actually sit with them now the strategies you can employ mm-hmm. like how are you presenting the material what's the material in the first place like how, like what's what's like the sequence of presenting the material what are the learning outcomes mm-hmm. and how, how is the student them? like how is the student wired in the brain there's so many nuances that go into learning mm. and trying to improve uh, the the learning process or making it you know um really effective you know learning has to be what people are realizing right now right is that learning for it to be effective it has to be targeted you have to understand basically your audience right so and i think that for quite a while right and you know before we develop the singularity is like coming next year by the be very singularity okay. no way <laughs> no way there is no anyway but before 70, then 70 right years, we'll get before that. then i believe learning learning through apprenticeship apprenticeship obviously apprenticeship yeah apprenticeship and like I sit you I sit with you and you're my teacher and you're yeah, teaching me something. Yeah. I think that is still one of the best ways to um, to, to, learn, to learn. So our forefathers knew it. That's how that's how um, they still need it. Like Germany, you know, Germany has a very robust uh, apprenticeship system. It's a really hard word for me. <laughs> I'm not going to be saying it. So every time I I want to say that word you say it. That's so. okay. That's okay. So. Um, but but you know how African tradition was passed on from generation to generation. Mm. Like you know, you being a mondo mogo. Mm. Um you know you know what mondomogo yeah, is i know what mondomogo yeah is. like the the african doctor mm. or the blacksmith that mm. was passed on by apprenticeship mm. and the, no one had ever taught them that right mm. it was just effective so it's interesting for you to hear now that you know 100 years later in the 21st century that's something that now that's like we've gone full circle and eh? actually okay this is a bold claim but I, i suspect that germany's uh, like industry is run almost entirely on apprenticeship Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, the the word. The word. That word. <laughs> so they have that option where you can go to university, mm. I think, and yeah. I or just go and learn and it's yeah. supported by the government. Okay. And you get a stipend when you're doing that mm. and so on and so forth. Okay. So speaking of university, yeah. um your your product, um what's the range of the you know, so its target market so age-wise? Yeah. So in your traditional K12 system, we'll target like uh We'll target the K12. K12 I think is the American uh, system. So okay. this is uh, it's basically eight years in primary mm-hmm. and four years in high school. Now mm-hmm. people divide it. Like even CBC came and we divided it. Now this is upper primary and you know mm-hmm. and lower primary. There is also at like 633 or something like that. Mm, yeah, it's weird. But it's so yeah. yeah, we target just the we don't do university, but oh. we do do a lot of continuing education content. So like content around um we develop content with partners and we disperse it via the same channels. Like content around maybe farming, around how to start a business, around basic accounting principles for an SME and so on and so forth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, we've been talking a bit about the company and and there's obviously a lot that we've not touched on around the edtech space mm-hmm. and we'll come back to that but i like to maybe again take another step back to mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. um this question was uh, not answered to, to oh, the person, know, the person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um how did you get here um how how did you, you know, <laughs> what's your journey so my journey was uh, so before this uh i i used to work at andela internally in the technology department uh we used to develop products that were used by andela internally tech products that to be used internally right and then after a while you know i started uh wanting to do something else right and i really i really wanted to take on because i think andela sparked that need for me to to take on more 
leadership rules wherever it is that I work. I really enjoyed being able to to because we used to work a lot we used to work a lot with the fellows in the system. You remember Andela's previous model, right? It was very simple. You get people who are talented and you train them and then you place, you place them. them, right? With clients that are willing to pay for their talent. And so working with them was it really sparked something in me and I I knew this is something I have to try out. Something I have to do in my career. I can't just because me. I'm honestly me. When you strip me down, I'm the guy who can just stay in front of the computer, solving, just figuring stuff out, and like I can zone into that space where I'm just, you know, writing code all day. Yeah. You know, trying to design your systems, solving bugs, and so on. And I wanted a job that would stretch me out of that, right? Yes yeah, so then so you know what happens is when you when you become when you start becoming dissatisfied with your job you let your friends know me I'm very open I'm, I'm an open book mm. says so to tell people ah yeah yeah me me yenye nikipata place ingine mimi naishia unajua mimi nimefikia hiyo point yeah like I'm, I don't feel like I'm adding value to this company I'm ready for the next step mm, I'm ready for the next step and so now my friend I'm going to name him his name is Charles Kitika very good friend of mine mm. he told me um they're going to Uh, his previous boss who's now my current boss was looking for was interviewing candidates for a potential CTO position they didn't tell me the company I was like fine I'll do the interview so I met up with my CEO we did the interview and she liked me she said I'm going to pick you as my CTO and that was it it was that simple so all you need to do is just put the word out when you're dissatisfied in a mm-hmm. job okay don't let your current bosses know yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's really important to speak yeah and i've i've found myself in a very interesting community right i don't know whether it's by luck or i have a community where we always like the people i talk to the people in the tech space we're always talking to each other and you know encouraging each other to apply for jobs you know consider this role oh we need somebody like this mm-hmm. do you know where somebody can find somebody like this? like you know i'm looking for a product manager so so also being in that community it also exposes you to a lot of opportunities that might advance your career mm-hmm. so it's really important to just be open okay. right so so before before andela uh campus life uh, no, 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 as before andela as before andela worked yeah. for six years okay Do we look that young? N- tell us about all this. <laughs> tell, tell us about this. Anyways, so before Andela used yeah. to work at a company called Refunite. It was a it was basically a social uh, it was a social impact company and what we were focused on was trying to reunite refugees through mobile applications and so what happens is uh, a so lot still of still around tech. Yeah, still around tech. So what happens is there's a lot of internally displaced and also like globally displaced people and you know people lose it was really heartbreaking people lose complete like completely lose contact with your family you have somebody from somalia who for some reason gets like out of luck goes to kakuma and seeks asylum in norway like he goes there for 17 years he's never met his mom he's completely lost contact with his mother right and so this tool used to on board like we used to go to the refugee camps tell them just give us your details and and we the, like the 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 core technology of the company was such right and so you'd give us your details tell us where you are you know where you were born and so on and who you're looking for you're looking for your sister so it was basically uh, a social network social network you know mm-hmm. to for refugees yeah and we did a lot of reconnections there it was really heartwarming mm-hmm. it was really people really you know mm-hmm. yeah very very nice stories that came out of that company very inspiring stories people who'd 
I remember there was one particular one there's a lady who lived in uh I think it was Kakuma uh she was a Congolese refugee and she hadn't seen like her sister in like it was something close to 22 years and through the application they were able to meet and reconnect yeah yeah oh wow so okay. reunited i stayed there for two years and before that now my first job i worked which i think which i think really molded me into who i am it is a really nice job uh, i worked at a company called radix consulting and we were subcontracted by ibm who was subcontracted hey. by airtel to build applications for airtel So around SMS and JSD the good thing about that job was that we used to build applications all across Africa so I got to travel across Africa at a very young age okay not that young but it but was really almost just after uni it was no actually immediately just. after I actually got that job before we graduated we gradu- we graduated in we always graduate 2012 ceremonies in August but by June you're done yeah. right Actually, by uh, March, around April. Ah, so for for the audience out there. Oh, sorry. The two, <laughs> the two ninjas out here, who are both in tech right now, went to campus together. Yeah. So that is why they are, they are, they are looking at each other. Zileza, yeah, you remember that year? Yes. Yeah. yeah. 2012. <laughs> yeah. So it was 2012. Yeah. So was very skinny then. Was I? I thought yeah. I thought it was much. No, I was like built. I used no. to go to the gym. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing about <laughs> going to the gym. You always think you're all buffed yeah. up. Yeah. You even walk funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know this because people are like pointing fingers at me. I go, dude, what's going on? Nico? Yeah, I'm gymming now. No, I'm not. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes, 2012. So 2012. I, so I got that job through a friend. By the so this is why networks are really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The lady that told me by the way there's a gentleman looking for programmers right and just like i'm taking that job do you want to come with me her name is grace njehia she's currently the vp of engineering at africa stocking she's, she's the one who got me my first job right she's a friend she's always been a friend um yeah so that was that was really nice okay you've come full circle eh? so mm. uh, you started out your first job working on um applications Um, that have a lot of SMS USSD mm. integrations yeah. and now you're back there as a CTO yeah, no, building yeah, no, a team that there. pretty much does something around yeah. um, those two integrations those two integrations but i need to say something right we're also growing with our consumers right we're about to launch at Eneza. at Eneza, yeah we're about to launch uh, same same basically same interface but one take advantage is a bit more advantage of the multimedia capabilities on telegram and we also plans about a whatsapp bot is in the works we also have a presence on the web it's not as good as we want it to be but we actually rejigging that something that we're going to um to launch i think in early december okay right yeah yeah so well, the thing is about providing all these platforms because yeah. we noticed the uh you know smartphone penetration is increasing in kenya right and yeah. so we want to grow with our want to be the brand that they trust for their content so we want to grow with them It's like so what what phone do you have right now do you have whatsapp yeah use whatsapp right yeah. same like a bot experience on whatsapp where you interact and so interact with content and you know answer questions and so on what what access do you have right now actually have access to uh, the internet right? very simple website we can go log in interact with content and then yeah. figure out how 
Yeah. You okay. know, can settle the bill between us. So we are growing with our users, yeah. Because they 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 not always have dumb phones. They not always have dumb phones, mm. right? Right mm. now it's a huge number, right? And that's why we still feel like we need to serve that market. Yeah. But we also the intention, the strategic intention is to grow with our users. To okay. grow with our users. So do you feel do you feel there's there's besides the physical mm-hmm. teaching and the physical touch, mm-hmm. do you feel there's another competitor of yours? Mm, there's not a lot of okay there are companies that also sort of operate within the same space yeah. but i think the 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 the, the content mm, in terms of content they yeah. target it for other things ah, right? okay so um, to be specific on the question do you feel um now speaking of whatsapp and telegram do you feel with the direction you, you you'll be choosing of going in that way mm-hmm. do you feel this platforms by themselves were also maybe pushing even without knowing uh pushing the same sort of agenda in some like way whatsapp like whatsapp here yeah. do you feel like groups out there and telegram stuff out there was <coughs> being used by uh, definitely I yeah knew it was being used yeah i know so 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 it's a really complicated question yeah okay um, as a parent to a teenager yeah right uh you also want to limit like the access they have to whatsapp and telegram right so again but then at the same time it's the it's the easiest way for them to access some some of this content so yeah. it's a it's a delicate balance you want to so first of all to answer your question i realize i just haven't <laughs> i haven't answered your question Yeah, it always it was always there. That I know teachers used to form WhatsApp groups like even especially secondary school students, right? They'd form WhatsApp groups like uh so let's say I'm teaching chemistry from 3 as a teacher I'd form WhatsApp and I'd post you know content there or like a link. If you don't have a textbook, you know, there's a lot of content out there by the even like physics, chemistry. You just go read this, click on this link and read about what is your favorite chemistry subject? Organic oh, chemistry. Okay. Mole concept. Mole concept. Believe you didn't understand the mole concept. You're you're done. <laughs> you probably failed chemistry. Anyway. You're But right. Yeah. I probably yeah. I did. <laughs> the mole concept was like the core. The building blocks. Yeah. yeah. Once you understand that, everything else is like a revelation. You understand chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. So there are a lot of. There's already a lot of like learning going on on WhatsApp and all these like other social, even Facebook groups. Right, and most of them were sort of driven by teachers, or like even like um, like students form, like form a just a group, a WhatsApp group to learn and to share content on, mm. share links. You know, you should probably read this if you want to understand this and so on. This used to happen a lot for secondary school students because by that age, most of them have access to phone. a phone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's always something that's existed. Yeah. This is the interesting thing about humans. You give them a tool, they they'll find they interesting find, ways. Yeah, interesting ways yeah. to repurpose yes. for yes. different things. Yeah. yeah. They will. Um, I have a, a, a question mm-hmm. uh, based on the current user journey and um, so for instance you have this market that you're addressing by providing solutions on SMS USSD. Mm-hmm. Now as they transition to um, owning smartphones, mm-hmm. how do you ensure that um, they are not stuck at um what you how they used to interacting with anesa yeah so you know i mean it's, it's a big problem that you're also trying to solve at my, my, my company where mm-hmm. we're trying to move people 
from how they are used to engaging with Ajua mm-hmm. into another medium altogether, which is richer for for them and for us. Yeah. Because for for instance, if you if you um, and a bit of a detour for what Ajua does, for instance, mm-hmm. is we do custom experience, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it's it's when you're using SMS and USSD, you're a bit limited in the amount of engagement you can have yeah, exactly. on those two channels, right? Very limited. Um, there's no multimedia. You cannot send pictures of bad food or a bad experience. Yeah, in exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Uh, but if we move to WhatsApp um, or even... Um, th- there was something that Google had brought up, uh, Android had mm-hmm. um, uh, some messaging, some rich messaging mm-hmm. um, platform. Can't remember the name. But then it's been so hard getting people to move from SMS and USSD, yet they have smartphones eh? yeah. um, into using WhatsApp. Yeah. So, so how, how, how it's a this behavior thing. Me, you, when you figure it out, you tell me. Okay. It's also <laughs> something we are struggling <laughs> with, right? That, that the idea, the idea of growing with your user, is, it's complicated. It spans so many fields. It spans the actual tech, like how you're going to build it, product, you know, marketing, it's such a complicated thing. But the thing is that we have to get it right yeah. for our survival as a company. Yeah. So we are figuring it out. We might need to hire a few people and so on. But the idea is that we need to grow with our users, right? Because if our users leave us behind, see, we are dead as a company. Yep. And we are not um, fulfilling our mission. Mm. It's that simple. So it's a lot. So it's a conversation we're having internally as well. Like how, how do we tell you? How do we move you to, like, do you have access to WhatsApp? Yeah? Is it your mom's phone? Is it your phone? Yeah. Does your mom know you have this phone? And then remember, this, the other thing that is not spoken about is us, we deal with minors, right? So protecting them is also really, really yeah. important, right? Yeah, it's a priority. And the, we have actually a very, I think the largest team in the company, okay, it's not the largest team, but we have a very large uh, uh customer experience team right mm. and these are people who literally call the people you know taking lessons on the platform and asking them if mm. they'll even speak in the local language if you understand if it yeah. you know all those things mm. right it's really important because now as we're dealing with minors because it's, it's very when and, and so sorry. before even transition you to whatsapp right there's a lot of like you know, WhatsApp opens you up to the world. A lot. A lot I, was, I was actually going to say that. When, when this um, whole online learning started, there are a lot of stories of um, creeps logging into Zoom calls for students and Imagine. them being hacked. So Imagine. once you move into that direction, you expose yourself to a lot. So you must be very, very careful. Then. We have to be very, very careful. Mm. Yeah, but, but it's very good to hear that you're already thinking about these things this is by a, design. This, like, this is a priority. It's, key. it's yeah. really important, you okay. know. Yeah. Okay, so you just mentioned something there which mm-hmm. would be important for us to highlight as well. So mm-hmm. what's what's the cost for the experience? It's three shillings a day. A day. Okay. That's simple. Uh, and how do you pay this? Is this M-Pesa? You don't how does pay. This, yeah. uh, we deduct it from your airtime. And then uh, we settle the bill. From, yeah. We okay. have a standing agreement with Safaricom. We, um, yeah. Those are details. Okay. Those are details. Okay. But, but, <laughs> but I think it, it's worthwhile to say that you guys are also early investees of Safaricom. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, we are early, very early stage investors of Safaricom. Okay. Yeah. It's, I don't know, how do you define a startup? How do you define a startup? Um, I, I think a startup is, is based com- on two things. Mm-hmm. It's a company um, um, at the very early stages, mm-hmm. um, profitable, I'm not very sure, but then also there is a business model component to it. Mm. Um, I think that's what separates out just any other kiosk or grocery by the corner um, versus a technology company. It's the business model. Does a startup need to be in technology? Not necessarily. 
I don't think it's, yeah. it's so those are things I struggle with myself. Yeah, no, same here. I, I think mm. it's yeah. but so the company has been around since 2013. Okay. I joined in what year did I join? 2018. No. 2018. It's been two years. Yeah. Yeah, I joined in 2018. No, that's a good thing. So it, it, it means you've been uh, busy at it. There is no way. I think I joined in 2019. It's not last year. Or, okay. or if he did okay. last year, then it's very early last year. It's last year, March. Yes. Okay. I joined in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Where? Um, I have a couple of questions before you say go into the personal life. Because the personal. We've not touched about you busy being born. It's mm-hmm. been very professional. Mm-hmm. And this is obviously very uh, beneficial to a lot of our listeners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this is, you know, it's, it's who they are, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's a very interesting career journey and there's a lot to learn there. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you organize your team? So as, as a very, as a, again, as I mentioned, as a relatively young CTO, mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and now you're in Kenya, Ghana. You you have teams spanning across Kenya, Ghana, and yeah. So we had to scale down uh, the Ghana team for reasons mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into. Yeah, but we have a team in Cote d'Ivoire. The largest other team is in Cote d'Ivoire. So Cote d'Ivoire yeah. and Kenya, mm-hmm. by and large. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you organize your team? Um, and, so and even attached to that is how do you recruit? Um, recruiting is hardest, right? It's the hardest thing. Recruiting for tech company, I think, I'm just going to out, it's the hardest thing you'll ever have to do. And so, so far, I've relied on on referrals, and basically word of mouth. You're looking for a guy that can do this, you know, you call around, put the word out within your circles, right? Uh, we've never really gone the traditional route of like advertising on like Brighter Monday or Fuzu, mm. or, you know, all these other, pl- or even LinkedIn. We just sort of source for people within our circles, right? And the good thing is that within the company, we have you know, we have people with extensive networks, so we can always... Like I'm not saying we can always find that guy we need, but we can always have access to a few CVs that we might need to go through and, you know, figure out whether that person fits the role. So the company right now, the tech team, the way I've structured it, is it because it's something that has always fascinated me. Yeah? It's, it's a very flat structure, right? Everybody owns everything, right? You, there's no... There's no that this you 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 do this. Of course, people have specialities. You know, the people like working on certain things within tech, but I think the entire stack is owned by all of us, right? Very very flat structure. So it's me, right, in Kenya, and then I have a team lead for the Kenyan team lead. I also have a team lead in Cote d'Ivoire who runs the day-to-day Cote d'Ivoire operations, right? In both countries, we also have people running product, you know, product managers. So one one. <coughs> do, do the product managers? Sorry, um, are the product managers part of the technology team? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Then also we have we have a company wide data analyst. She's really good. I got her through. You see, networks. I got her through this guy. You're welcome. Hmm. Um, I think he used to train them at Moringa, Moringa School. school yeah. Yes, that's Commander being pointed. That's not, Commander. Not <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Commander being pointed. Yeah. So I got him. I got her through that, and she's been really, really like she's really putting in the work. She's really good, and yeah, that's basically the team. So there's no elaborate structure. And so what happens is within the team, I let sort of people find their own level. Like, what are you good at? Are you good at doing? front-end work are you good at designing you know storage systems designing like a data warehouse what what, what do you want to do because i realized uh, the best way to keep to retain uh, and this is something i've also experienced to retain uh, um, talent talent a tech, tech, tech a tech worker let me say a tech worker mm-hmm. you they they need to be given uh, freedom 
to explore and do things but then you still need to guide them within the overarching goals of the of the company mm-hmm. so unless you give them that freedom to experiment and mm-hmm. you know let me try this I want to do this and this they'll always leave i th- i think i do know that it's a trait that we have but th- people who work in tech are tinkerers yeah like poking around and figuring out what's yeah. going on mm-hmm. so you need to give them that freedom at the same time you need to direct that energy towards the goals of the company so it's so it needs to be freedom that. within a framework yeah freedom within a framework yeah, yeah. That's, that's so you let it. people so you you your first job is to get people who have the talent and the drive then once they're in the company you let them sort of find their own level mm. you know it's like uh, there's a problem here can you look at it does it really well can you now start managing this please will i ever hear stories about this not going well please start managing it yeah the same way we got like uh like we manage this there's, there's an aspect of technology or technology companies software engineering companies called devops develop operations as the people who are concerned about keeping your applications alive and how you deploy them and so on and so forth so we the, the people right now we don't have really a devops like position but the people in the company with that interest who've taken it up and yeah you know sort of doing it on the side and making it work for the rest of the team mm. yeah sort of so you just need to give people that freedom otherwise people leave and direct it right? yeah there are things the things of course you will never compromise on right the fundamentals that i can't compromise on myself and so that one i'll sort of dictate or direct that we are going into this direction and it's final but at the same time you need you need to let people feel like they're hard you know they have ideas and they and actually have experience you know it's they're not at all fresh from campus and so on so they know what they're doing mm. so you need to let them direct the conversation even as you manage the conversation so okay. yeah it's and, really and again um, another question that could segue into the next um, mm-hmm. discussion is what, mm. what's your leadership style and i mean this is coming from also a place where as a young leader a relatively young leader you know i don't i don't think we are that young anymore uh, but as in leaders who are now getting into these responsibilities where we are leading teams within organizations um, i think it's important that now we also define our leadership style and that's something i've been thinking so a lot you, about me uh, i don't think i have a style okay and this maybe this is something i need to work on as a person i don't think i have a style because it sort of oscillates between and i'm not proud of saying this micromanagement Mm-hmm. when it's required to complete and almost criminal freedom <laughs> when i trust you mm. you know that's why we're friends i think i, I i'm also at that same stage yeah i'm trying i'm really trying to find that balance yeah. and of course i and i've realized maybe i need to fight like i need to train myself you know i need to be more present like when i'm actually managing and I, i don't like the word leadership it's loaded but managing and leading i need to be actually be present there you know and figure why why am i handling this this way mm. you know like do you know what is required of you huh? do i even do even myself do i even know what's required of you i i had you but do i even know what's required of you right is it clearly defined huh? what do you want to do this job you know and how do you do your day to day like how are you achieving it you know so i think we are at that stage it's a really bad stage to be in i hope it dies but we are still trying to figure ourselves out as we run other teams right we're still figuring ourselves out yeah. as we run other teams and that's something a lot of people will not say out loud yeah. but i really and there's a need for this right i talked to my friend magondo you know samuel magondo right he's a city of radiation yeah. yeah? and we were talking about uh, like about the challenges we are facing as, as relatively young cities 
in young companies they were so similar and I was like really why can't we just meet and even just talking to him was was illuminating mm. because you get into that point where you feel really isolated because you have discussions with the rest of the management team and they're telling you this needs to get done right now it's up to you to figure out how to do it mm. and it's really tough right so i think there's need for people to really talk and exchange ideas mm. i basically base my leadership style of the two bosses that have had most impact on me as a person uh like at refunite and at tradix and how they used to run the team so i basically base it off that okay yeah. that is the template i have mm. and thank god it's working so far <laughs> but i recognize it's a need for us to really upskill ourselves like on that yeah. i think there there are a couple of things there um and again adding on to your point is you're a relatively young leader mm-hmm. at a relatively young company mm-hmm. and in africa mm. Um, so you're dealing with culture and so many other things in mm. there mm-hmm. where you can obviously borrow from Google and and whatever and all these other companies that have gone ahead of you mm-hmm. but there's a lot of context that's missing um, yeah a lot that, of context right? that is I, I I face that a lot as a person who's been building a data science team mm-hmm. now data science is something obviously very new even if, if you think about data science in the world it's not just world. you not so just in, Africa, in the yeah. world it's very very new yeah. um very few companies have actually built out successful mm-hmm. um data science teams in Africa. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's where's your template? Where's your reference? There's none of that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm young myself. There's also a company that's trying to figure out, um, you know, how they grow. Yeah. Um so it's a concussion of so many things that you find it's, yourself it's, 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 it can be a challenge. Yeah, uh, you need to say it, it's also very tiring, yeah. yeah. You get <laughs> the days you just you log off your last Zoom call and you're like, Jesus. One, one, long one. Yeah. Okay. The long one. You know? Okay. So you you've uh, touched on um people who've journeyed with you and you thought okay this is such a brilliant leader mm. even without knowing I've learned one two three things mm. from them mm-hmm. so let's throw it back to even earlier than you working ama earlier than you even going to campus mm-hmm. do you feel that there are people growing up you actually saw and thought uh, whatever they're doing that is cool uh, i feel that is a kind of person i'd like to grow into um who are these people if there were any i think me oh, there's so many uh-huh. there's so many you could mention a few as we now segue into as we segue into the personal as we segue into the personal so mm-hmm. eh who who are these guys okay so there's so would you like that's a very broad question um, okay so let me ask right yeah. um you know like when i was young the people i used to look up to there's sure. so many okay. there's so many to date I'm the biggest uh, this is going to get political right feel free i me there's a man i worship right okay <laughs> there's a man i worship so his name is james like. orengo yeah. as a politician mm-hmm. that brilliant man is this a brilliant guy mm-hmm. um i have to say i'm sort of disappointed in supporting the bbi i'm pretty sure if, like i was to lock him into a room and ask him come on this is not you james mm-hmm. i think it's because of political reasons that he's there but there's a man i worship he can do no wrong in my eyes so growing up why i do know i just like it. first of all he went to the same school i went to right and uh, he was already a legend um, there right uh, yeah. uh, i think uh, he got uh, expelled uh, as school captain or something so there's a lot of stories about this which ps no you're not going to get into you know these are stories that we don't want to get into i think into. it can be inferred <laughs> right? it can probably be inferred yeah, right it can be inferred the school can but, be inferred by you know, and even like the work he did uh, during the the struggle for multi-party democracy was really 
mm. is the stories i hear you know i i i don't know in my larger family circles they have access to a lot of people who call themselves revolutionaries and so on and they always speak of him in glowing terms so that's somebody i've always admired but you see it's because i'm a complex guy at the same time growing up right i also really admired also really admired Eminem. Eminem, <laughs> the rapper. 50 cent. Okay. Um, I admired my Swahili teacher from primary school. His name was Mr. James Waishungo. I'll never forget it. Why? Um, I, I just want to double click a bit on each one of those. Why? Why? I mean, we're all fascinated by 50 cent and Eminem. Me and Eminem is because of the things he'd say, you know. I was young mm. and the things he'd say, I'm like, <laughs> mm. How can you say that? Mm. Yeah. And so that sort of boldness inspired me 50 cent because he was just, you know, boss and big and in the gym mm. and drinking and making, you know, cool music, you know, hanging out with Dr. Dre. <laughs> so so some people like grew up <laughs> listening to um Mr. Waishungwa. Mr. Waishungo. Mm. Um he was my Swahili teacher at the, the the primary school I went to. I think he's the one guy who really so I'm not bragging like there's a Swahili saying that says uh, something about a blind man no like uh what do you call chongo chongo na kizungu ni nini cross-eyed one-eyed one-eyed okay. like mm. a one-eyed person will lead blind people mm. and so so it was really like I've always been good at mm. school work right Mr. Ishungo came and showed me but they you know nothing, nothing. yeah right? to get to that national school to get he you know he really drove me to actually stop comparing myself with you know the people that was hanging like the my fellow students and actually aspire to be greater and he was you know he was a strict disciplinarian he was really he was like i felt like he was really personally involved in my like in my studies he, he took a real keen interest to me and there's another teacher she actually passed on when i was still in primary school her name was mrs mwangi she was my geography history and civics teacher she was also i think she was just nice to me i was as you can guess by now sort of a teacher's pet <laughs> you probably hated me if you went to <laughs> if you went to the same primary school as me you probably hated me but her name was mrs mwangi and she was really nice to me she was just really nice she was just really nice to me so a lot of people have impacted the way i view things mm. my own dad myself is also like a, a like a mini god mm. in my life right i really I really really like uh, appreciate him and he really inspires me right? and he's a very simple guy so there's so many people that's why I say that question is broad I mm. get like I've been influenced by from people like Eminem to Kanye to even Washungwa 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 okay okay well Mr. James you have actually answered it and I really like that you've given us all this different people Uh, and uh, now circling on your let's circle on your dad yeah mm-hmm. so the father son relationship is very important right mm. so <coughs> first off um how many boys are you and do you feel it's any different with the other siblings if there are any I'm the only or even boy. with the girls you you are the only boy, the only boy. <laughs> first born boy okay yeah, okay born, first born and only son at least to the best of my knowledge <laughs> so you do have sisters <laughs> i do have sisters <laughs> okay i have two sisters right yeah. i have two sisters uh-huh. one is three years younger than me the other one is 13 years younger than me pension hey. pension baby hey. yeah hey. okay yeah um uh, what's that like the relate do you, do you see a difference maybe you me, wouldn't growing up with my sister the one yeah. who is three years younger yeah. we used to fight a lot okay. brutal fights over food over who gets to shower first 
over who gets to get into the school bus first over all anything yeah. anything that is fightable over very competitive yeah but right now we are so close okay we're so close i really like her what about the father daughter relationship the my 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 dad dots on his daughters it's a okay. typical dad daughter relationship yeah yeah there's nothing he wouldn't do for them okay yeah. and do you feel this would be something you'd like to do the same with your daughter i don't know daughters i don't know i have daughters daughters ah, i don't okay. know i feel like i feel like whatever i'm doing is going to be okay because like i've always grown around women right mm. <laughs> so i don't really i think topics that might be for somebody who's never had sisters right and mm. this is just i'm just going out on a whim here mm. somebody who's never had sisters and then you get your own daughters i think there are topics that you'd find it difficult to approach and me i'm not going to face the same challenges because i've always grown around you know mm. yeah yeah and um, when i say grow around women because for the longest time my mom used to have like her sisters now my aunts over <clears throat> and like i also have a lot of like female cousins and they all used to so i've grown around a lot of girls so a lot of the topics that i honestly think i'm doing okay as a, mm. as a girl that Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And 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 just going back on what's the relationship between your dad and yourself? It's a really it, so before it was a very I don't know. How do you how do you how do you define a relationship that is both dictatorial and also very loving? African. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, that's it's like with my dad you just have to do things his way, mm-hmm. you know. You you say you're going to pick up the slasher and slash that grass you had better do it at least mm. there'll be consequences consequences yeah you know but at the same time you i always felt like my dad was different from other because he used to show a real keen interest in me as a person and like my studies especially and growing up like i still have photos of him teaching me how to ride my bike and so on so it's always been me with him on the beach mm. so he was very like he was hot and cold he was very like you did not want to mess with my dad right and the only thing like if my mom wanted me to get in line I'll tell your father and that was just <laughs> I'd like I'd beg her please yeah. don't mm-hmm. but at the same time it was also a very close relationship and so growing up I've come to realize uh, he you know he did fathering the best way he knew how right and it was actually and looking back it was actually quite good it was actually quite a good experience he used to even write me letters in high school he was a nice man right but he also came to high school once to beat me up mm. at the request of the principal so so that sounds like a very nice balance mm. um it's a, it's a hard balance it's a hard achieve. balance absolutely it's a very hard balance to yeah, achieve but yeah. and right now we're just cool we are friends mm. you know, really good friends wow. i think we talk every week at least once a week yeah. and yeah that is special okay so and, and there are days are like i honestly feel like maybe that on that particular day maybe you beat me a bit too hard mm-hmm. but right now i'm like maybe if you didn't do that you this would wouldn't you know yeah it's yeah. the thing about fathering it's just yeah. dadding you just do it you just, you do, just it. do it have the best intentions but just do it yeah just do it do you feel there's um a recent preferably lesson that uh, you've strongly gotten from your parents you know they didn't have to tell you directly but looking back and hopefully recently you'll be like oh yeah that happened and i think this in a way has shifted my point of view yeah. Say, say. yeah sacrifice okay so in 2018 yeah i remember we were seated with my sister so our our younger sister is obviously she's grown up completely different from us right and i may feel like i raised her 
<laughs> my subs right so like things like sports days at schools I'm the one who take her and so on so she's had a very different experience but my sister and I were sort of brought up in the same way and in 2018 I remember we seated down huh? and we were discussing how so this is going to is a nice story we were discussing how like growing up we didn't have much but we always felt love my sister and I because we grew up together for a while until can you imagine my baby sister came when I was in class 8 now the last one yeah so for quite a long while it was just me and my sister me and my sister so growing up and remember every sunday i grew up in a small town in roiro i mean the small town that is roiro <laughs> and so i remember like every day after church my dad would take us for chips right rather there's one shop that is still alive by the the last time I was in Ruiru it was still, it's called corner chips and snacks and then there's another one that is down called roiro plaza chips and we'd go there And so no it occurred to us eh? so we like we were telling our parents how that was so awesome like that was something we used to look forward to right and then so we asked our mom how come them they never used to eat chips and it turns out they never used to have enough money so it was either we eat fries and you know when you are your kid like you you eat like two plates of fries and two sodas so it was like they had to sacrifice that so that we can get fair to go back home and so on and so forth. Mm. And so that just summed up uh parenting for me. It's it's just sacrifice and like the sacrifices you make. Your kids some of them like I might never hear like of all the stories that I I I feel like I want to know but I might never hear of all the stories of the sacrifices that they had to make. Mm. Just to you know keep me alive, keep me in school, keep me you know well fed. And so on and so forth but all i all i know is about, about parenting is that it's a lot of sacrifice mm. it's such a huge sacrifice so that story the, the only reason i brought up that story is because to me it was just fun it's my dad buying me fries yeah. and sodas and everything but then them it's them counting pennies like the only reason they're having tea at the cafe is because like if even us if we eat fries we not we might not you know have fair to go back home yeah. we may not have money for skuma in the evening and so on and so forth okay yeah Um you've uh, this is such a special memory yeah mm-hmm. so sunday afternoons eating fries yeah. so church feels like um something you did when mm-hmm. you were younger and uh more or less as adults we choose to go in the same direction or maybe we just go with the flow yeah so is this something you've gone on to still do like as an adult is it a thing for you Um I've if, had if let me just like say, let me just sum this up I've had many internal spiritual battles okay but I think I lost my faith along the way I actually make a point of not going to church okay like I decide I wake up and decide I'm not going to church mm. but then having kids now I'm thinking should I go to church but why should I go to church when I feel like I've lost my faith you, li- you 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 feel like you'd be lying to yourself huh? yeah. and then i never want to be those dads that were never my dad when growing up the kind that used to drop their kids at church and then and just go leave yeah. then come and pick them up yeah uh, but then i'm struggling because i realize even as somebody who's lost his faith and we're not going to get into that please right mm. um i also realize a lot of my morality is actually based on sunday school a lot of the things i hold dear as ethics mm-hmm. and how to treat other people it's actually based on sunday school so i don't know whether by not going to church i'm denying my kids something mm. but then i don't want to be the guy that just goes to church and 
doesn't really participate was it just there like a face mm. the, and then just there's a the thing yeah there's the thing about being a parent sacrifice maybe that's a sacrifice i need to do show up right mm. and show my kids go to sunday school give But, them sadaka you know it's still <laughs> you know it's still the same the more things change the more they remain the same it's still yeah. the same thing yeah? yeah i'm catholic by the way so you go to church you know up here sadaka there's always like a sunday school there yeah. they go sing they taught a few verses when they are <clears throat> when they get to a certain age they have to go for catechism then there's a huge holy eucharist ceremony then there's another one mm. after that kipaimara what mm. is it called the confirmation, confirmation. right and i went through all of them and yeah. i have photos in suits and so on and they were really big deals for my parents yeah. but me i wonder where i lost it all and now my problem is not even about me and i'll be fine right yeah <laughs> i might find my faith again i might have lost it completely but um uh, uh, my problem is my children you know yeah i really wonder is like my because i know my moral my moral like standpoints and viewpoints and how i view society is influenced a lot by sunday school and is a lot of this is something a lot of people don't admit of course it's grown and it's expanded as you read and you know became like as, as you grow as you're turning into an adult but at the same time it's really like sunday school was the key you know yeah mm. that thing where you're going to pass somebody by the street and he asks you for money for a loaf of bread that was instilled in you and you actually dig deep and like listen man i only have 20 bob but just take it that was actually instilled maybe driven into you mm. when you mm. in sunday school i i, I running that's an individual level thing mm-hmm. i think it's a societal thing mm-hmm. so how do you organize society and morality outside of christianity and i think it's a really important and, and i think the discussion that's ongoing yeah even so marriage how do you how do you a lot of things right? talk about like are, are you married no i'm not okay yeah you you mad obviously yeah <laughs> so i think the other problem is a lot of young couples face a lot of challenges in marriage yeah. and i think the like the institutions that are designed to help couples deal with these things are also very rooted in christianity mm. and they're like they're mostly church communities mm. and so a lot of people that don't sort of ascribe to christianity and so on they really they really have a hard time Mm. Yeah. because you have to now go seek your own therapists your own counselors and so there's a lot there's a lot of conversations to be had around how we should reorganize society yeah. because it's changing yeah it's changing a lot and, and the mm. challenge about, it all comes back to community yeah, yeah. You, you actually brought up that point back to Mato's initial point of, mm. of community right so if you think about the evolution of the Af- of africans you know there was the african traditional society mm-hmm. right and that's where um, you know maybe 19th ali up 20th century um, and then christianity came in now christianity was good um despite it cha- moving us from african traditional society into um, another western religion if you may mm-hmm. uh, but it maintained a lot of the things that we had in my perspective within the african traditional society meaning yeah. community like the catholic church has been completely africanized to be absolutely yeah so you know the they church and made it our own later yes. Yes. yes everything everything community and the small christian community all Even dancing right? in church you know it yeah. wasn't mm-hmm. allowed yeah. so all these things we mm. took the church and made it our own i really so like that so that transition was was i, I would say seamless in some ways of course there are a lot of repercussions to it absolutely mm-hmm. i don't think I'm, i'm very knowledgeable around <laughs> that all, I don't maybe think it too much but it was not seamless it was yeah, it was seamless but I, i think um we still maintained a lot of community let's let's just focus on the community mm-hmm. component okay. of it right mm-hmm. but now what's next no we, we're moving from now christianity 
into something else which is more this is a very okay what's that so let me tell you something that is a bit uh, shocking here yeah? this always happens in moranga mm. and nyeri around election period yeah mm. all of a sudden groups come up i do know why this happens and i have i need the only correlation i can see you statistician maybe mm. you can tell me the only correlation i can see is that it either comes in a cycle or it happens just around when politics are heating up you will find groups of men going around like the countryside mm. advocating for a return to a traditional way as ama ama mogekoyo so the the kiamas and everything mm. and i've noticed it always happens around election time then it sort of died down mm. so may i think there are the ways of galvanizing people around a political thing but mm. they sort of they use and this is so sinister they use the teaching of culture and uh, uh, and 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 obviously praying on people who don't know much about their own culture mm. to sort of feel like you're part of a of a larger group but then the end goal is so that you can vote for this politician yeah so wrong and yeah. it's the and now even when you look at the origins of mongiki i don't know that you've read into this something mm-hmm. i research on a lot it actually started as a very good thing yeah mm? it was about about mongiki started outside of the traditional gekoyo homeland it started in like uh, the area the kikoyos in the rift valley and it was about helping each other right because we are all new right you know the kikoyos in a place called londiani do you know londiani londiani is yeah, actually do. yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so they they go there and they start and they, let's just form a community where we help each other we come from on your land and then it grew into something completely sinister mm. right so me i think that that claimer for culture that need to understand who you really are is always going to be hurting us and it's always going to hurt generation after generation until we figure out a correct solution yeah and you know how you are, who you are as a kenyan is actually quite complicated right yeah, i think it's a conflation of so many issues it's especially when politics tribe comes in where you grew up mm. you know where you, influence of colonization so as well so many things yeah so many things even where your parents grew mm-hmm. up mm. you know mm. the politics I've of been, the day i have been in a very uncomfortable uh, social situation right where somebody I, it was it, 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 it's, we were it's, it was like a goat eating thing somebody had just started building his house and traditionally what you do when you lay the first foundation like set of stones you call people in and you shed blood and you eat partake of the meat and so mm. on, so so somebody was trying to tell somebody else that he's not that person is not an authentic person of that tribe <laughs> <laughs> because he grew up in um peketoni right mm. just, let me just say it, it was t- trying to tell that person there's no a real kikuyu and grew up in peketoni and it was really uncomfortable for me because the only reason these people is that guy has like his grandfather came to peketoni like mm. in the 40s and so on. the only reason they are there right is because the, their land was stolen from their own original homeland was stolen from them by the same, by people within the same tribe community mm. yeah so it was so then it was like how just because so he obviously when they went the the religion that is most pervasive there is islam yeah? mm. but they still speak kikuyu right so you'll find a guy called like muhammad washira yeah it's a kikuyu and he still feels a connection to the kikuyu culture and right? it's fine and it's fine yeah. and then you you're here just because you grew up in uh, the heart of kikuyu culture mm. muranga now you're telling him you're not 
Mm. It was really annoying for me it's because it was I was sort of dealing with in-laws then yeah. so I couldn't like stand up and fight or tell that guy <laughs> off or anything <laughs> but it was really uncomfortable for me yeah. it was yeah. really bad and you see the, all these conversations around who you are that need to be had okay. so okay. Yeah. many that's very interesting because it sounds like you you spend a lot of time thinking about who you are especially yeah, around do. the African culture yeah um, I do yeah so maybe in the last three years what are some of the insights you've come up about in in the course of your research and you trying to find first of all yeah any any man and i'm going to say this and they can come i live in langata come and beat me up <laughs> <laughs> any man that tries to tell you this is how our culture was is a liar yeah culture is not something static exactly it's not something that is written down culture is so many it's it's traditions it's what we do it's what happens it's, this is what we it's a point it's in time fluid. as well it's a point in time it's fluid right mm. so and let me give you an example right um Okay, so this was sort of forced down on us when the white man came. The, I, I'm only speaking of the Gekuku community because I'm I'm Mugekuku, right? Mm. When the white man came, uh, they found people. You know, we used to circumcise women, right? It was it was a core part of our culture, very key. It was taken as seriously as male circumcision, right? Yeah. But then the white man came and decided, yeah, if you circumcise your daughters, sorry. Oh, good, all good. Uh-huh. If you circumcise your daughters, they cannot go to school. <clears throat> right? If you are a Christian, then you're not allowed to circumcise your daughters. Now, there's obvious health benefits to not circumcising. This is not something we're going to even delve into yep. right now. Mm. But then, at that point, we wouldn't majority, be that panel. <laughs> yeah. Majority of the Gekuyo community completely abandoned circumcision. Mm. F- female circumcision. And that was a good thing. But then, at the same time, eh, the people and i think this later formed uh, uh I, mean, i i really hate misrepresenting history but if i remember correctly i think the kikuyu central association the party that then you know harizuku yeah harizuku initially before he so loud anyway <laughs> <laughs> okay keep going <laughs> that's okay i mean you can say it uh-huh. yeah um, so So initially, check, I think you know? it was formed because now them they were arguing that we should be allowed to live live the way we know like the ways of our forefathers without being blocked like being denied access to schools and so on and so forth right and the same that's around the same church a very a very uh, famous church within the Gekoyo community that started it's called the independent mm-hmm. it's still there mm-hmm. it's still there mm-hmm. right and it also started as a reaction to you telling us that we can't be Christians and do and do these other things that mm. we've always been doing for till keep our traditions yeah exactly so it's, now you see so you know, when you're having conversations about who you are as a person yeah you'll be coming from a line of people who believe in the independent church so they're Christians but they also really hold on to Tradition. the traditions traditions of the mm. you know so it becomes a really complicated conversation because what you can see is resistance all through you can see resistance all through you can see people being told to do this and saying no we're not going to do this we are going to form our own mm. and I, that spirit really fascinates me so how, how do you find the balance yourself me, me i don't find the balance mm-hmm. my interest in gekuyu culture is purely anthropological right? mm-hmm. i have a lot of you come to my house, i have a lot of books on gekuyu culture mm-hmm. and of course obviously Uh, there are things that i want to do in a certain way like uh, like there there is mutaratara the way you do like especially when it comes to marriage how you relate with your in-laws i sort of lean on that i sort of lean on that right? okay. but 
I'm not going to be the guy who tells you you can only drink Moratina on certain occasions, right? If you know how to brew Moratina, drink it all the time, right? All the time. Yeah. I'm not going to be the guy who's telling you that. Um, of course, there are things I, I pick and choose, right? And I pick and choose what I, I follow and what I want, right? Mm. For instance, uh, I'll be very I'll be very keen if you ever invite me to your house for like a goat eating party. Yeah. I'll be very keen on how you slaughter the goat, right? That's just something that is imbued in me, yeah. But I'm not going to come and tell you that at this part of the meat is for women. You shouldn't eat it, or you know, or or what my dad used to do when I was young. He used to give me the balls of a of a goat to eat, and he roast them nicely, and and actually sweet. But you don't want, you know, and he tell me this is for uncircumcised men. You need to eat, you know. Uh, there are things I won't follow. I pick and choose yeah. what I think makes sense to me and what doesn't. And, and what's the criteria for that? Sorry, what, I have a what, lot of questions. I think it's convenience. <laughs> mm. It's convenience. Mm. The, some of the things I pick and choose are not convenient, but they make sense in the larger, you know, in the larger context of the of the culture. Mm. Mm. Okay, okay. I I don't know. Me, I pick and choose. By the way, and 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 just relating now those two things. Eh? Mm-hmm. So, um, d- does you? thinking about culture and your spirituality mm-hmm. um, th- does it play any part in terms of how um, you manage your day to day so for instance on the days when you're feeling um, really fatigued or tired about life and life has a lot as a man especially right it's complicated uh, it's complicated right so are, are there days you lean on to these african traditions and revisit how um, culturally um, any so any weird. insights <laughs> so i did talk about i, st- I spoke about losing my my faith and my religion. Yeah, you yeah, then losing my religion is the name of an album or a song. We will <laughs> find that out. <laughs> Show notes. Okay, so <laughs> it uh-huh. must be go google that it must be. Anyway, um so <clears throat> what was the question? <laughs> so uh, 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 do you do you lean on Yeah, they lean these things. For instance, uh, I have a weird attachment to the rosary. Right. Even it's despite really, losing your despite faith, despite completely losing wow. my religion, right? Oh, I have there's a certain wooden rosary I have, oh, right? Okay. Like I remember, like I always take it when, like things like I remember when my uh, this 13 month old was born. Eh? It was a bit complicated, yeah. And the first thing when I was reaching, uh, when I was getting out of the house to go to the hospital because things had gotten complicated. Eh? First thing I reached out for was my rosary. Another time, my mom was admitted to hospital. I know exactly where it is, right? I always reach out for it and just grab it and mm. have it on my arm and I'll never hang it in my car it's just that particular rosary that I'm really attached to. Yeah. And I guess I'm you'll never find me saying the rosary or but I'm I guess I'm just attached to that. Mm. Sort of gives me a certain warmth that. It's weird. Quite an interesting one. And yeah. w- um the weirdest thing for me is I totally get it. Like mm. I totally get it. I'm at a point in my life where I'm also struggling with a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. So you sharing this uh even for me and I'm sure for a lot of listeners uh m- will be quite <sighs> this <laughs> relatable for me it's quite relatable because I totally get it. I'm struggling with a lot mm-hmm. but the rosary is one of the things I still cling on to even despite being in and a so shit storm. So I mean, something. now my problem is I'm too yeah. self-reflective and I told him I don't like digging deep into myself. Yeah. But when I do, it just... You go in there. Yeah, I go. Hey, and I'm, saying, hey. I'm I attached to the rosary because I was radicalized. 
as a child. <laughs> <laughs> Did these people really dig mm. that deep into my yeah. brain? But I'm really, I have the utmost reverence mm. for the rosary. Yeah. The utmost, complete. I, I think in terms of the importance <laughs> of spirituality and mm-hmm. um, religion in our lives, eh? mm-hmm. of course, um, if through history especially, if, I don't know if any of you have read um, Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari. Yes, yes. Yep, so there, there's the idea of there's biology and then there's culture on top yeah, of it, yeah. right? So biology is something that you can't change. You have a hand, right? This is a hand. <coughs> so you can't change that. But everything else has developed along the way and it's been developed by human beings and that's why we've managed to be where we are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so religion, I don't even know to talk about spirituality, that's another discussion altogether, mm-hmm. but religion and how we organize ourselves around that. Um, we can question it a lot, mm-hmm. but there's a reason why it's been um such important throughout history mm-hmm. right even if it's something that's been created by human beings it had its importance yeah right? maybe it's it's what you're talking about it's it's you know when life you're downtrodden you run into community and yeah, religion, exactly. yeah. you know, it, it keeps you yeah. going yeah. You know, I, I don't know what the reason is and i don't think i have all the uh, the knowledge around it but it's also something the reason actually for starting this podcast is to explore these things so where we're at a point where we talk to many wow. people and we expose a lot of ideas yeah, because there are a lot of people out there like you who are um, succe- in between places, in between places but so many in between know. multiple places <laughs> yeah. at the same time. Um, so how how do we kind of curate all this information and you know Hopefully remain even, curious about it? Yeah. Even um, so we, may, we may help people. That's mm-hmm. the whole idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's what busy being born being is. born is okay. So we've gone into the we did the professional. We went into the puzzle, so we could play as we sort of come to winding down pole pole. Um, quick one. What comes to your mind when you think of the last time you had a nice hearty laugh? Like, when was the last time that happened? Weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's okay. Um, what's your take on marijuana? Uh, me, okay. So me, I'm also very conflicted on that. Mm-hmm. Everybody here, yeah. everybody knows a man who's gone mad. Or he said he went mad because of weed. Yeah. Because right. you were told it's weed. Because we were told it's weed. <laughs> okay. And so that has always stuck with me. Yeah. But you also know somebody who's a bit, you know, slow in speech, a bit too relaxed for life. Obviously, effects of weed. Yeah. But then there's all this research that is telling you weed is good. <laughs> so I I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Just I, I think the I think honestly I think the the, the, the like the, the the like the 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 decision is still not yet clear on what exactly weed does to you. At least we know there are variants of weed. Like mm-hmm. there's medicinal marijuana and at least that's you know controlled and they get certain cultivars of marijuana and you know it helps you mm-hmm. like from a health perspective. But Pia Bangi always, I don't know whether it's again yeah. because of the way you were brought up, Nikitu, Yakoti and Bali. Absolutely. But the last time yeah. I had a hearty laugh, it was because of yeah. Bang. <laughs> but, but, but throughout history, across different cultures, mm-hmm. um, a form of indige- indigenous hallucinogen has, always has been, been a constant fixture. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Right? And it could be marijuana, it could be other forms of mushrooms. psychedelic. Like, uh, like in, you know, in South there. America, it's, it's mushrooms. There, right? yeah. um, so if you read about the, the relationship of you know the African tradition and the tree of life, mm-hmm. you know, 
in, in the course of you looking at anthropology and African traditional society, maybe this is something that you'll stumble on. Yeah. You've already stumbled on. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, um, still around playing. Uh, uh, thanks a lot for that. Um, so you mentioned uh, Mr. Waishungo. Uh, Mr. Waishungo, yeah. There you are. Mm. Okay, so let's do a, a Kavedali. Mm-hmm. Just for the... <laughs> just for the... Um, um, for the fun of it. Aya, Medali. Hakuna... Masika yasiona. So I know Masika is a long rain season. Uh-huh. So I know logically hakuna hakuna long rain season zizokuwa na uh, drought. So hakuna masika yasiokuwa na kiangazi. Yeah, I'd say kiangazi. Okay, okay. Is that true? Um it's uh, yeah, it's actually mbu. <laughs> oh. <laughs> also, also, something super silly. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah but also, yeah, that yeah. also yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have one one more question, and and I, I do not know how we never got into this. We might end up spending a couple of more minutes on this. Yeah. If you were to give a TED talk mm. on something that very few people know um, know about, mm. what would that be? But something that you're really good at. Yeah. And very few know you know. What am I? What am I ridiculously good at? I I know, I know the answer I'm looking for. <laughs> what could it be? I don't know. I don't know. I I guess I I like. I always feel like I'm like I'm very broad on a lot of topics. I know a bit about everything. Mm-hmm. Is there something I really know? Okay, you could you could direct it, Commander. You're into a lot of cooking nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I'm into a lot of cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, How did that come up? First of all, boredom being in the house. Mm-hmm. Corona, yeah. First, the first two months, serious cabin fever. Because me, you, how, how do you lock me in the house? You know, what do you want of me? Yeah. <laughs> so I started cooking, but I've always, I've always had a passion for cooking. Right? It's just that I've never had the time. I've never had the time. So yeah, I, I think I know a lot about cooking. I'm not that good at it, and I do it my own way. Mm-hmm. But I cook. I also cook a lot, and also, so, so again, in the spirit of family, I also want to turn it in sort of a, into a family tradition. That on Sundays I'm the one cooking. Nah, so mm. Yeah, nah, so that's I think that's and I think th- now when I dug deep, I realized also on Sundays it was sort of implied we'd never eat in the house. My parents would always take us some Rero Plaza chips. Yeah. yeah, so maybe it's it's a continuation of that. Yeah, in maybe a now it's going to be now dad dad yeah. always cooks on Sundays. Uh, Sunday, okay. I'd, I'd I'd want that to be, and I'm not saying, and, and I'm not hey hey, hey and I'm not <laughs> saying that at at a dad cooking is now at it's a it's a it's a situation to be celebrated no no, yeah. no a, a dad should cook as much as the mom cooks as much yeah. as the household cooks right i'm just i just want to turn it into an event that my daddy cooks on Sundays. sunday okay that's all in that line so you have an opportunity to stand before africa mm-hmm. yeah and probably not to even speak to africa mm-hmm. maybe just be among two or three people up there so it's you Wolesoyinka, soyinka and i don't know who else uh, a big deal so all these people are watching this platform yeah mm-hmm. and you have the chance to have a t-shirt on yeah mm-hmm. And probably have something printed on your T-shirt. What what message would that be for Africa? I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go for a message. Yeah. I'll just. I'll just what wear a hoodie that I really like. Okay. Um, it's a branded hoodie. Yeah. Um, uh, do you know? Do you know the? Do you know the? 
rap group wa cardinali i do mm-hmm. wrong rende eh watu yo hudia wrong rende maybe just put them out there or songs because wa cardinali because those people are fire yeah. i really For really sure. like you, you know they are, they, are, they have an album coming out yeah. na itakuwa through and through what's this new uk fire. beat yeah. uh, grime yes. grime itakuwa grime through and through kuna the, the, the well grime is the whole picture of it kuna this Ah man okay sawa no. too but what they've been giving us they'll give us a dose of that a complete album complete maybe album. we should have them as guests and have you and uh, you know like, you know you know I say wa cardinali and yeah. I don't know who exactly wa cardinali because I know this car this car and domani <laughs> yeah. is it is it called domani monga is it domani and monga monga man but there's so many people yeah. who associate with wa cardinali there's a guy there's a guy called uh, I think it's called the wrong wrong rende team mm. there's a guy called butros You know Butros. Butros mm. is actually not from Rongrende. He's not from Rongrende, but yeah. he's associated with them in some some way, right? Yeah, Butros is a guy for Buda Nimeomoka, isn't yeah. it? Kipita yeah. Konjia. They're just really nice. Shrap. So me adwe a Rongrende hoodie. I'm yeah. not I have nothing to teach you. Everything you need to know, you can google. Please. <laughs> okay. mm. Me I just put Wakadinalia. <laughs> but really, is there a quote that you think about at the back of your mind every now and then? A quote. Yeah. That's mm, so mean. There's so many. There's none that pops up. Pops like, up. Good. <clears throat> Let me think about this. There's so many. As you think about that, um, at the back of your mind, um, Achari or Mabuyu? Achari. Achari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. day It's just day. as messy, but <laughs> there's more content. Yeah. It's yeah. just as messy. Mm-hmm. As more um, I, I went to a store this past week, mm-hmm. Naivas, mm-hmm. and they had Achari. Uh, was it good was it, it, good? it was good was it the night was not a cherry was it wet and just dripping and just it was not all that but that's the cherry that we need yeah. that's the cherry that okay. we need and this word kashata this word kashata was like i have uh, many make my no. mom can give you many stories about me and kashata mm-hmm. you know i grew up at the coast right? okay i used to steal literally steal money to, to go, go buy kashata yeah and also you know no joviazi you get like a paper bag yeah. right yeah. just fill it with ukwaji <laughs> and then just smash it <laughs> and then just drink that yeah oh, mash yeah. me I'd do that right okay. now as an old man yeah. I'd, I'd yeah. so lock my joys of being a young kenyan <laughs> yeah and do it um, okay. so I, did, I, did it did it pop there's so many i don't the one i can think of is the one that is on my whatsapp status okay What does that mean? It means you, your house you won't build a home your home the way you are working is a hmm. an age mate okay. yeah. the way he's doing yeah. it. So the key is they are kago tayo akine. Yeah. I mean and and, and I can see how that relates to your life because mm. I always I've always found you to be um not a contrarian but you 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 really think about how you structure your your life intentionally mm. in your own way mm. so it's I like you really. borrow from all these people and then like bits and pieces um but but you know you build it your own way and and and, it's really and, and you know, that, that's very inspiring really, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know um, it's really important to just do things your own way anyway okay great yeah so ladies and gentlemen it has been a good one and i still feel to uh, mechokozamaji too like there are so many directions we could go uh, it's excited me Wrapping up on the wrong rende beat nilikuwa ah man we could actually uh, we would have gone in that direction as mm-hmm. well but it is what it is uh, we do trust you've had a good time kamande 
Uh, absolutely loved talking to Zoita. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. your insights, uh, both on the professional and personal front. Again, I feel like there's a lot of tangents. With um, there's, there's a lot of uh, you know buckets we've left unopened. Mm. Uh, but you know, they you could always do a an anchor of this. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah, we can, we can, we can even do like I don't know. Maybe episodes targeted at one thing. Yeah. yeah. That's all we are talking about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So chances are we'll be doing this again. And again, keep high going. likelihood. Mm-hmm. Keep uh, busy being born. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wish you all the best. I'm sure we'll see you grow even as we grow ourselves. Okay. So, thank uh, you. Asante, asante. And thank you so much. And um, all the best with Eneza and for all the amazing work that you're doing to help um, the striving Kenyans mm-hmm. um, with education. That's a very important part of society. Salute. Yeah. Um, yeah, education is much. a key to better men. Thank you so much. Abu, asante sana. Uh, thank you for coming through even last minute. We had to make a few changes. Uh, big up yourself. I think we'll be coming back again and again, yeah? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because of the chai. <laughs> the chai was fantastic. So, ladies and gentlemen, asante sana. Thank you for listening to us as much. Keep uh, enjoying the conversations. We do trust you being born out there. You know where to find us. If you have ideas of people we could also interview, you know where to find us on Twitter. We are at 2BBorn, the number 2 the letter B, then B-O-R-N, podcast, to be born podcast. And this is the same as our Instagram. We've only just begun. So, like, don't look at the number of followers. Just follow. Then everyone else will come on board. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and on Facebook, we are at the Busy Being Born podcast. Um, and finally, our two sponsors. This episode was brought to you by Funky Sands. Um, reach out to them for science kits and for kids between 5 and 13 and for science experiments. Um, to keep your kids curious about science, reach out to them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at Funky Science, F-U-E-F-U-N-K-E-S-C-I-N-C-E, Funky Science, and keep busy being born. Sante sana. I've been your host, Kegordu. And I'm Commander. And remember, as always, if... If you're not constantly, or should I say busy being born, then you're... Probably busy not living. Busy not living. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Do look out for more from us. For now, Kwaheri. <laughs>